All right, so let's get into our message for this morning. So this morning, uh, what we're going to be doing is we're going to be kind of uh, continuing our series called Before Him, where we're going to lay out a, in a little bit more detail some of the videos, uh, some of the themes and ideas that we uh, were tackling uh, on the Vidvotionals uh, a couple weeks ago. So as you guys know, a couple of weeks ago, uh, I asked, or I didn't ask, but I suggested that the church take a little bit of a break. I was going to take a break from social media, from the news, from different opinions about everything that's going on right now. And what I wanted to do was is I wanted to bring, I wanted to uh, just encourage people to come before the Lord first, before the Lord, before anything else. So often we go before social media and before other people and before the news, and we often look to other people and their opinions to form our own uh, responses and our own opinions in the times that we find ourselves in. And so my, my, my uh, challenge to you was, is can we come before the Lord before anything else? Can we do that? And so we did that. We took a week and we spent a week away from social media, away from opinion, away from news, and just came before him to see what he would say, to see what he was going to do. And so the first day, we're going to take each day, and we're going to flesh out a little bit on Sunday what each day's theme was. So if you remember, the first day, the first devotional that we did really focused on coming into the Lord's presence so that we can be guided by truth, so that we can be guided by his truth, that his truth would speak to us, and that we could begin to live out his truth in our response led by the Spirit. And this idea of coming into his presence is the reality of seeing truth being revealed to us as we come into his presence. And that truth of who he is and the truth of his word should inform every single response that we have to every single issue that we are facing as a society and as a nation today. So we talked about coming into his presence and the light of his truth, us being able to be reflectors. Uh, Paul talks about in 2 Corinthians chapter 3 that we, we, um, we, we are um, reflecting, beholding the glory of his presence. And so we're going to talk a little bit about that today. So I'm really excited about that. The first thing I wanted to share with you guys is this, is that there are three major things or three themes that I think kind of span throughout this whole devotional series. And they all have to do with his presence. So I think if we're going to craft, if we're going to allow God to craft spirit-led responses in these moments that we find ourselves in, that they gotta, there's three things that have gotta happen. Three things that have gotta happen and they all have to do with his presence. The first is this, is that if we're going to craft spirit-led responses, they have gotta first start in his presence. They gotta first start there. But not only do they have to start there, they have to be determined by his presence. And they have to be communicated from his presence. They've got to start there so that initial, that initial understanding, that initial attempt to come into his presence is going to be the first thing. But not only that, our, our, our responses have to be determined by them. Which means we don't just come into his presence to understand how we're supposed to respond through his truth. And then leave his presence and just kind of do or say whatever the heck we want in response to whatever someone else is saying to us. But know that the truth, our, the truth that's revealed to us in his presence is actually determining our response. 
So we just don't start in his presence, but his presence determines our response. And not only that, when, when, when we're determined to respond, that when we actually communicate, that it's communicated from his presence. So it's not communicated in anger. It's not communicated in resentment. It's not communicated in, uh, in uh, distraction. It's not communicated uh, with um, an unpure heart or an unclean heart. It's, it's not communicated with impure motive, but it's, it's communicated from his presence. So those are sort of the three things. And when we, we talk about coming into his presence, you guys, when we, when we talk about coming before him, you know, there's, there's this reality in our lives that we, because he lives in us now, right? Because his presence literally lives in us, that we are the temple of the living God, that God literally dwells in us through the spirit. There's, I think there can be this sort of um, complacency with his presence, that because we understand the reality now that he lives in us, we just are so accustomed to the fact that wherever we go, his presence goes with us. But when, when we're talking about coming before the Lord, it's not so much that we're talking about every moment we can just kind of focus our thoughts on him or, 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 or try to listen to his voice to hear what he's saying in a moment, which is all good and all real. Or just kind of pray a quick prayer, uh, really quick, a sentence or two. Um, when we find ourselves in a situation or we find someone else in a situation and our heart goes out to them and we just pray a quick prayer like, Lord, just God, give them, give them peace, give them rest. Lord God, I just pray your presence over that person in that moment in time. Lord, I just pray that that struggle, that that weight be lifted off. Whatever that prayer is, right? Whatever that prayer is, it's just a short little conversation with God, which are all good things, are all amazing things. But when we're talking about coming before him in his presence, what we're talking about is appointments, appointments with the Lord. You know, appointments are things that are planned out, right? Appointments are, 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 are meetings that are thought of ahead of time, right? They're premeditated in a sense, right? We, we're, we're planning on doing something, you know, um, you know, the appointment that we have, you know, at the doctor's office is a, is a future time when we're going to meet with someone. And so when we talk about coming before him in his presence, that's what I'm really talking about is this idea of appointed times with the Lord. Because I feel like God really desires appointed times with his people individually. He desires appointed times with you. You know, reading the feasts and, 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 and studying the feasts of the Lord that you find in Leviticus chapter 23, you know, the Lord designates all these feasts for his people when they get into the land, because most of them are, are uh, sort of dictated by the harvest season. And so he, he gives them these appointed feasts. He talks to them in Le Leviticus about these appointed feasts that he wants them to keep when they get into the land as a memorial to him. And, and the Lord said that these feasts are convocations. They are, they are, they are gatherings. They are, they are meetings. They are assemblies. And they're appointed in the sense that they are... Uh, calendared, they are scheduled. Those are the things that I'm talking about. Those appointed times with him. I'll give you a, a present day example really quick. So, um, Shanna oftentimes obviously goes to Target. <laughs> and Target can always be a really great uh, 
it's very popular whenever I'm trying to uh, share something in the present that can speak to something we read in scripture. But Shanna often goes to Target. Well, I shouldn't say often. She used to often go to Target. Not so much anymore, but she still goes. And there are times when she comes home and she'll say to me, you wouldn't believe it, I went to Target and I ran into this person and it was really great. I hadn't seen him for a long time. And we had a really quick conversation. It was really good. We chatted about A, B, and C. And, you know, then I went on my way and I did my shopping and, and uh, you know, cashed out and got home. And, uh, you know, those things are good. Like when we go out, you know, um, when we're going to a certain place and we're in a public place and we run into someone that we didn't plan on running into, it wasn't a, an appointed time. You know, you can still have a really wonderful conversation, a really wonderful time with them of catching up and it's really good. And you leave there feeling, wow, like, ah, that felt really good. Like I hadn't seen them in so long. It was so great to hear about what's going on in their life and what, you know, what's going on with their families or, or whatever the case may be, right? But that's very different than if you were to call up that same person the next day and say, hey, you think you'd like to get a coffee? Man, I'd love to chat with you a little bit more about how you're doing. There's, there's an intentionality there between you and that person. You, you, you intentionally call them or text them and say, hey, it was great running into you at Target, but you think you'd like to maybe set up a time to meet and have coffee together? It's at a point in time that you have with them. And, and so often those times are just, can be so much more special, so much more powerful because you've both agreed to, to come together at an appointed time and be with one another in each other's presence. And so that's what I'm talking about. It's these, these moments we gotta carve out in our lives. And I'm not saying they gotta happen every day, you guys. But man, they, they've got to be consistent. We have got to be able to carve out time, appointed time with the Lord so that he can speak to us about what he wants to say, how he wants us to respond, the person he's calling us to be, the life he wants us to live, to reveal his true character and nature and to understand why it is that he lives in us. See, if we don't get before him, if we don't have those appointed times, if we don't make that time with him, then we'll forget why he's living in us. So that's what we're talking about when we're talking about coming into his presence, coming before him, those appointed times. And so I want to start in Exodus chapter 34 this morning. And I want to read to you um, an account that we see uh, in Exodus uh, where we find Moses coming off the mountain, off Mount Sinai, with the second set of uh, the law. The second set of the law. So I'm going to start in verse 29. So it's chapter 34, verse 29. And this is what it says. When Moses came down from Mount Sinai, with the two tablets of the testimony in his hand, as he came down from the mountain, Moses did not know that the skin of his face shone because he had been talking with God. Let's make a note here. Coming into his presence, 
coming into his presence, availing ourselves to his perfect presence, his perfect truth, can cause us to shine. And that will be more supported by the next text that we look at uh, with Paul in 2 Corinthians. Moses goes on to say, And Aaron and all the people of Israel saw Moses, and behold, the skin of his face shone, and they were afraid to come near him. But Moses called to them, and Aaron and all the leaders of the congregation returned to him, and Moses talked with them. So Moses comes down off the mountain. He's got the law in his hand. Uh, He's been given revelation once again by God. He comes down to speak this to Aaron and his people, and they're kind of afraid because his face is shining so brightly. They're kind of confused as to what's going on. But Moses called to them, and Aaron and all the leaders of the congregation returned to him, and Moses talked with them. Afterward, all the people of Israel came near, and he commanded them all that the Lord had spoken with him in Mount Sinai. And when Moses had finished speaking with them, he put a veil over his face. So Moses comes down from the mountain. He has the law in his hand. And we read that his face is shining very brightly to the point where it's very distracting to Aaron and to the rest of his people. But he speaks to them. And then once he speaks to them, he puts a veil over his face. Goes on to say this. Whenever Moses went in before the Lord to speak with him, which was the tent of meeting, there was a tent that he would set up because the tabernacle had not been built at this point. When he would go into the tent of meeting, so basically Moses would meet with God in two places at this point. He would meet with him on the mountain, Mount Sinai, and he would meet with him in the tent that he had set up outside the camp. So the tent of meeting and Mount Sinai. Remember, the tabernacle has not been constructed. Whenever Moses went in before the Lord to speak with him into the tent, he would remove the veil. So he would remove the veil when he would go in to be with God until he came out. And when he came out and told the people of Israel what he was commanded, the people of Israel would see the face of Moses and the skin of Moses. Moses' face was shining and Moses would put the veil over his face again until he went in to speak with him. So here's what we have going on. Moses comes down from the mountain with the law. His face is shining. He speaks to them what the law has said. He speaks to them what the Lord wants him to speak to his people. He puts a veil on. He keeps it on till he goes back into the tent of meeting where he takes the veil away when he comes into the presence of the Lord. And then when he comes out of the tent, out of his presence, he puts the veil back on to speak to his people. Now you may wonder to yourself, why does, if his face is shining so brightly, you know, <laughs> you know, why doesn't he put the veil on when he speaks to the people. He, he puts the veil on after he speaks to his people. And then he keeps it on until he goes back into the, into the presence of the Lord. And so we see this imagery here where there's a connection between presence and truth. Presence and truth. Presence and illumination. That when we come into his presence, when we leave, we actually reflect his glory because truth is being revealed to us through the perfect God through the creator of heaven and earth, the creator of of everything we see. So we see this connection between presence and the unveiling and the revealing of truth and illumination or light 
because we begin to reflect his glory, reflect his presence when we come into it, when we leave. And so that is so important for us because when we come into his presence, when we avail ourselves to him, when we meet with him at those appointed times, what we're doing is, is we're coming in and we're understanding who he is, his truth. We're seeing a revelation of who he is. And then when we leave, we take that glory with us. We, we reflect that glory with us, even in those moments that aren't appointed moments. So when we're around our friends, when we're in our places of work, when we're in public places, when we're with our kids as, as husbands, as wives, as grandparents, when we're in that place, when we're in that place where we're coming before him and availing ourselves to his presence, that we get to carry that where we go. So why is it, though, that Moses had to put the veil on after he spoke to his people? Why was it that he had to put the veil on? His face was shining so brightly when he was speaking to his people because he had just come from the presence of the Lord. Why did he have to put a veil on his people, uh, on his face, until the next time he entered in? And I don't know how long this happened. It doesn't really say. Why did he have to do that? Paul talks about it in chapter uh, in uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 3. This is what he says in uh, verse 13. Well, let me start in verse 12. He says, since we have such a hope, which is Jesus, we are very bold, not like Moses, who would put a veil over his face so that the Israelites might not gaze at the outcome of what was being brought to an end. What does that mean? What Paul is saying here is, is what was revealed to Moses, the glory of the law, the glory of the commandment, it was glorious, it was amazing. But at the same time, it was fading. It was not to last forever. Because Jesus had come and ushered in a new covenant. And now the glory of that covenant will never fade. Will never fade. The glory of his sacrifice, the glory of his atoning death, the glory of the lamb slain before the foundations of the world, that glory, that truth will never fade. So Moses put on a veil because he didn't want the Israelites to see the fading of the glory in his face. So we would put on a veil so that the, the glory of the law, the glory that was given to him, the glory that he had come into the presence of and that he took with him when he left, that he was reflecting when he came in front of his people, that glory which was going to ultimately fade away because of Jesus' perfect sacrifice on the cross and everything that he did, it covered, it covered a multitude of sins. It covered everything. The glory of the law 
only exposed our sin. But the glory of the death of Christ covers it and atones for it forever. Big difference. So Paul says, not like Moses who would put a veil over his face so that the Israelites would not gaze at the outcome of what was being brought to an end. He's talking about the fading away of the glory of the law. Because the law was only there to expose our sin. The law was only there to show us who we weren't. But the glory of Christ and his death and his resurrection and the Holy Spirit living in us, that glory, the glory of that new covenant which we've entered into because we are a covenant people with God, the glory of that covenant will never fade. It will actually only get brighter. How do I know that? Because that's what Paul says. He says, but when one turns to the Lord, this is in verse 16, but when one turns to the Lord, the veil is what? Removed. So we no longer have a veil over our face because we are participating and we are now reflecting the glory that will never fade. But when one turns to the Lord, the, the veil is removed. Now the Lord is the Spirit, and when the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Why does he say that here? Because we are now under the covenant, of a, we are now experiencing a new covenant. And that new covenant, the, the, the expression uh, of that new covenant is the Spirit living in us. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Why? There is now freedom in our covenant. There was death in the old covenant. There is now freedom in our covenant. Why? Because it, it, it removed us from bondage. It delivered us from the bondage of sin. That the law, the only thing the law could do was, um, was basically uh, expose that sin for what it was. But it could never deal with the bondage of it. But now that Jesus has come, and his death on the cross, a perfect sacrifice and atonement for that sin, now, because he has come and now the Spirit lives in us, the Spirit brings freedom. Why? Because Jesus covers every sin. And we no longer live in bondage to it. So now we are free from it to live free in the world. And then he says, and we all with unveiled faces, remember now, we all have unveiled faces, beholding, right? Beholding the glory of the Lord. So we all with unveiled faces, reflecting the glory, reflecting the glory. How do we reflect the glory? By coming into his presence. That's what Moses did. That's what we do. When we, in those appointed times, when we say, yes, Lord, this time is yours. I'm going to pursue you, Lord. I thank you, God, for who you are. I thank you for what you've done in my life. I thank you for the blood of your son. I thank you, God, that I'm no longer living in bondage. I thank you that I'm no longer living enslaved to sin. I thank you, God, now that it's your will in my life that I follow and not my own. My own. Lord, I thank you so much for what you've done in my life. When we come into those places, those appointed moments before him, and we understand who he is, and he reveals his truth to us, and we see who we are in him, and we no longer see ourselves according to someone else's opinion, when we come into those places, when we come into those appointed moments, guess what happens is we come out of those places reflecting his glory just like Moses did. But we do it with unveiled faces. 
So we no longer have to put a veil on when we come out of that place. When we come out of those moments, when we come out of those appointed times, we no longer have to put a veil on our face. Why? Because the glory we are reflecting is a glory that will never fade. It'll never fade. So he says, and we all with unveiled faces beholding the glory of the Lord are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another. For this comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. So from one degree of glory to another. So the glory doesn't fade. It actually continues, and it, gets, and it goes from one degree to another. The glory that is revealed in his presence is continually being glorified. The glory is continually being manifested in his presence. And so we begin to understand him to greater levels and greater degrees uh, of understanding. We begin to see him and understand him to greater and greater degrees. That is just so amazing. So when we talk about spirit-led responses, spirit-led responses have always got to be rooted in truth. Always. They've got to be rooted in the truth of who he is and what he's speaking to us. Our responses have always got to be laced with truth. And how do we understand truth? How do we, how do we understand, how, do we, how is truth revealed to us in his presence? So as Moses went in, just like we go in, as he comes out, he begins to reflect the glory of his presence. And so don't we. But yet we don't need to veil our faces because the glory we are reflecting will never fade. Because it brings life and freedom. It doesn't expose us for who we're not, and it doesn't bring death like the law did. Now, the law is perfect. The law is true. Jesus said, I did not come to abolish it, but I come to fulfill it. Which means if you put your faith in me, if you follow me, if you pick up your cross every single day, if you come after me, if you decide to come after me and lay down your life and pick up your cross and follow me, guess what? You will fulfill the law because you're following me and my blood and my atonement is the fulfillment of the law. I've come so you could have freedom. I've come so that you could have life and life abundantly, not death, which is in the law. Old Testament, old glory, now new glory, under the blood of who he is. And so truth always must be the bedrock of our response in every moment. And that's how we develop spirit-led responses. In his presence, through the revelation of truth. So, yeah. Well, thanks, guys, for hanging out with us today. Um, just continue uh, uh, to, to check us out on our live stream uh, each week, week after week. Uh, we'll be doing this every single week. We're really excited about what God is doing in this place. Um, next week, we'll continue um, in this series, in our Before Him devotional series, sort of just expelling and expounding a little bit more on our truth. So 
it's great to have you guys and uh, hopefully you guys have a great day today um, if you are able to go over to Rick and Patty's uh, after afternoon after the service please join us for that it's gonna be a lot of fun um, so take care guys and have a great day